Good morning or good evening, depending upon where you are. Please close your eyes. Let's start with a prayer. Om Brahmanandam Paramasukadam Kevalam Gyanamutim Dvandvatitam Gagana Sadusham Tatvamasyadi Laksham Ekam Nityam Vimalamachalam Sarvadi Sakshi Bhutam Bhavatitam Trigunaraitam Sadgurum Tamnamami Sadgurum Tamnamami Sadgurum Tamnamami I bow down to Paramahamsa Yogananji, Gurudev Paramahamsa Hariharananji, Guruji Paramahamsa Pragyanji, and all the rest of the Gurus in our Kriya lineage. I bow down to the saints and sages of all times, of all places, of all religions. I bow down to that Supreme Almighty God the omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God. I bow down to that presence of God within you all. Jai Good morning again, or good afternoon, good evening. I'm uh, Srinidhi Baba from Denver, for those of you who don't know me. Um, I live very close to Temple of Peace, which is uh, in Lakewood area. So um, topic of today's discussion is going to be on some teachings and stories from Paramahamsa Yogananji. And um, we discussed this topic before last, last month and uh, we had gone through some of the teachings already. So I'll just quickly recap what we discussed before we go into today's discussion. So let me share the screen. Hope you are able to see it. So uh, last time we talked about the five states of consciousness, happiness, indifference, sorrow, peace, but we focused on this fifth state, ever new joy, that is uh, accomplished by coming in touch with God in meditation. This is a joy that is eternal, that doesn't subside, it is not something, it's always new. And uh, Paramahamsa Ganji talks about, this is where we need to get to. And of course, the teachings are there to essentially indicate how to get there. We talked about one of the first steps in progressing, for progressing in meditation. That is to break the tenacity of bad habits by your strong willpower and good discrimination. 
we talked about it in detail about how to go about doing that um, and you know with some of the examples uh, but the key thing is it is your willpower and discrimination that essentially can do that so that you can break this repeated form repeated thoughts that take you into doing the same actions and that, that has formed a habit within you again you have to ex examine within yourself as to what is the best thing you can do to break those habits? So analyze to see what are those habits that you need to change and then um, you know, take action accordingly. So going into today's discussion, you know, in terms of how to quicken the spiritual progress, the first step to understand is to not to postpone any opportunity for spiritual progress and meditation to a later date. So um, this is very key. I mean, if there is an opportunity for you to, if you're not initiated, uh, you know, you want to get initiated so that you can practice the Kriya meditation. Also, if you have been initiated, um, Make sure that you don't lose an opportunity to uh, meet uh, the spiritual master, a realized master, to see that master, to visit, also to listen. And, and also, of course, given that now it is all mostly in kind of uh, uh, online uh, means. So make sure that you listen to the master through those videos, et cetera, that is uh, being broadcast uh, regularly. So that's a key aspect to think about. The, as the, the reason, and also the other thing is to meditate, even a short while, even a little bit of time that is available, utilize that for meditation instead of using that for any other activity that essentially wastes time. Gurudev used to say, waste time with God, then time will not be wasted. You know, so, uh, yeah, so that is a very key aspect. Now, there is a interesting story of that Yoganji talks about, uh, about a, a wealthy businessman that he meets uh, when he was traveling uh, in, the, in a train to Los Angeles. Yoganji was traveling to Los Angeles and he saw this person across from him, sitting across from him. He looked uh, obviously wealthy and uh, prosperous. So, um, you know, looking at his uh, attire and, and jewelry he had, et cetera. But he was, uh, Yoganji noticed that he had a immense gloom in his face. So, Yoganji was little, obviously was uh, wanting to help him out. So uh, he looked at him and said, are you happy? And the, um, this businessman was kind of taken aback and gave a fierce look to Yoganji at that point. And uh, uh, he basically said, uh, why shouldn't I be happy? I 
put $50,000 to $60,000 every month in the bank. So at that point, um, Yoganji said, I mean, essentially, he thought about it saying, look, this guy is thinking having large sums of money is equal to happiness. But he said, Yoganji mentioned to the person saying, look, I can tell your mind, you're not happy. He said, uh, of course. Then he said, is that your business? And Yoganji, of course, said, yes. I resurrect living dead. So the businessman was kind of a little taken aback by this kind of a, uh, you know, uh, speech, you know, speech coming from this person. So he said, then anyway, they talked a little bit. Then he invited him to uh, have lunch with him. And as you know, within the train, they served lunch. So they ate lunch together. But even during that time, you know, he, he had some uh, reservations about what Yoganji was trying to do. But as they spoke, you know, he became more comfortable. And this is something that you should know. Realist bastards are very straightforward. They can read your mind and speak their mind right away without any hesitation. So anyway, as they talked and all that, uh, he got a little interested with what Yoganji was saying. So he said, come meet me in Boston. Yoganji said, come meet me in Los Angeles. Um, of course, the businessman didn't have the time to go to Los Angeles at the time. He said uh, he gave him the address of where he works or wherever he, he was. And he basically um, you know, left at that point. Later on, I don't know how long after, but uh, Yoganji was in Boston. And at that time, uh, he went to look him up. Uh, at the particular place that he had indicated. Uh, I think it was the workplace. And the receptionist uh, at the workplace said, uh, oh, don't you know? Um, he was uh, coming back from a hockey match and he got hit by a truck and, and he never uh, regained his consciousness. So as you can see, you know, it's just a, an example, you know, uh, that you can never tell what's going to happen. It is very key that um, um, we basically utilize every opportunity that we get in order to uh, do the, you know, get going to spiritual progress, utilize our time for meditation, etc. In fact, they would say opportunity should not be neglected for it may never return. He used to stress on that. And Ananda Mahima, the great saint, uh, great woman monk, and she was not a monk, she was actually uh, married, but the great woman saint, saint used to say, meditate at least 15 minutes daily. And as you might have read from the biography of Gurudev, he, um, and, and Andamayma had visited each other and, and Andamayma was very fond of Gurudev. He would see him as her own son. Yoganji also met Andamayma at some point. Going into the next teaching 
okay, now you got initiated, you started to practice. Now you want to know the path to God. How is this path? This path is described as to be as broad as a razor's edge. That means very, very, very tiny, narrow road, right? To, to God and sometimes sharp. So what it's trying to, this analogy is, to, is saying is that it is so narrow path, you need to be really be focused to get to God because your desires, your likes and dislikes can take you off the edge and make you fall. And it's sometimes sharp, which means that there are difficulties along the way. There'll be tests, there'll be difficulties along the way. You need to endure those in order to go forward. So Yoganji mentions, one will reach God if one walks that narrow path by free choice with single-heartedness and doesn't flinch or give up because of its incisiveness. So that is, that is the key aspect. Now, of course, one may say, well, will I really reach God? You know, one may start doubting whether I can really reach or not. So doubt is a natural obstacle, is a major obstacle that comes in the way because you always wonder about that future. Is it possible to know God? Do, you, do, do I have a capability to reach that uh, final destination that is God? Now, the, you know, God is infinite, so you can say the destination is never done. You keep on going deeper, but at least come to the point of where you are in contact with that Supreme Almighty. Yoganji mentions that you can, but there is help that you need to have because with the help of a guide who has already walked the path, it is possible to reach. So he says, cling to one who has realized God, a realized master, in other words. And he or she will help you to steady yourself on the path, even if thousands of miles away. So it doesn't matter the guru that you accepted is, is far away, it doesn't matter at all. You know, the guru has no boundaries, physical boundaries. They can reach you and guide you wherever you are. So there's nothing that can hold back the guru once you have surrendered to the guru. Once you have surrendered to the guru, you know, uh, uh, truly he can, he or she can take you to that path and, and also make sure these obstacles can be overcome as well. To give um, a, Teachings from Yoganji's life itself. He, Yoganji mentions that he told his guru, Swami Shikteshwar, he said, I will not teach about God unless I have tasted him. That was a strong result from Yoganji. It was not something that he would, you know, wanted to talk about without really getting that realization. And Swami Shikteshwar, of course, saw to it that he you know, reach that ultimate uh, realization state. But in the process, of course, Swami Shikteshwar was very strict with Yoganji. He would criticize him. He would 
remove every kink in his being in terms of you know uh, mental kinks I'm talking about. So that um, would be obstacles to reach that. You know, so uh, in fact, Yoganji many times felt, why is my master so hard on me? But he realized that, uh, you know, master was doing him that favor by etching the, the stone to make a, a marvelous statue out of him. So that's, that's what Sri Tishwar was doing. Now, okay, so there is the difficulty or, or questions about the future of reaching the destination and those doubts which can be addressed by the master and, and set right. But there could be doubts based upon your past. You may say, well, you know, I've done so many wrong things. I'm a sinner. I'm, or I have these past karmas that may not allow me to reach God. Yoganji addresses that as well. He says, do not accept limiting influences that you are a sinner or that you are bound by past karmas. In fact, he stresses that he doesn't um, pay much attention to the, uh, the karmic theory and karmic aspects because he says, if you are made uh, in God's image, Lord, I am made in thine image, if you hold that thought always, how can you be anything different? You know, in, how can a sin or something that you did in the past affect you? You can be, you can completely over, overcome by that aspect, by that surrender to God. So, so that's the aspect that Yoganji stresses that you may remember that you are made in the image of God and hold that thought always so that you can get over these kind of limitations, okay? Now, next, Yoganji talks about how to practice next. So, first of all, he mentions, we need to understand God is not something to be acquired. He is to be realized because he's already yours. He's already ours. He's already within us. Not something that you have to, you know, something external that you have to go look for. Well, one way to understand God is in fact, something that God has already given, that is sleep. Sleep is God's greatest gift. Um, in fact, this, uh, you know, in, with sleep, you can, you know, you, you get the complete, um, you can you you basically go beyond body mind in that deep sleep, allowing you to become one with that infinite self. Of course, you are in your subconscious state at that point, but at least you know God is giving that taste of um, you know sleep, you know the taste of that state of becoming one with that great divinity. So Yoganji mentions that. The superconscious state that you want, you need to go to now, because sleep is, as you know, is unconscious meditation, meditation in a subconscious state or unconscious state. So, 
super conscious state, he, he mentions, is just one level about that, about that subconscious state of sleep. He says, just here, just you to go there. It's something that you have to do within. You know, uh, it's not something that uh, he can show, but he can give the, the power, he, he can give the blessing to go there. So our attempt needs to be there to go beyond that state uh, of sleep, if you will, to, to that superconscious state, which is just one about. That's one thing. Second thing is that in order to reach that destination, he mentions that you need to not only meditate, of course, meditation gives you that calmness and peace within and the even bliss within, but you need to bring that aspect of meditation into your everyday activity, everyday life. So essentially, you know, when people meditate deeply, they are able to perceive that bliss and calmness and peace. And that can be, it is not something that just goes away because you ended the meditation. It continues on. And with that, as with that attitude of calmness, peace, and bliss, if you are you know, doing any work that you're performing, it doesn't matter which work you're doing, whatever you're doing, then you will start to see there's no difference between work and meditation. Work becomes a worship. Work essentially becomes worship and meditation continues along with work as well. Of course, Gurudev always stressed to watch our breath during this, you know, during all activities. You know, that is clearly one way to keep in that meditative state. So Yoganji is also stressing the same aspect that you need to bring the aspect of meditation into your activities, daily activities, and keep in that same, same state. Now, one of the things that people get into is, you know, different kinds of moods. People get angry, people get upset, people get into depression, etc. You mentioned moods are your greatest enemy. Don't indulge them, indulge in them, and don't mix with moody people. So, um, so that's a very clear indication that you need to be careful with who you mix with. Of course. It doesn't mean that you cannot empathize and help people who are in need, but you need to be strong in order to do that. If you yourself are still in working towards, you know, being being strong, being capable of taking care of others, then you need to be careful about associate who you associate with. So, and also control your own moods with it as well. Thirdly. Cultivate great love for God, that you want nothing else but that God. So that is a, a, a continuous practice that we have to do. Now, we sometimes think one thing, but we really want something else. Our head and heart are not in sync. So he mentions that we, we need to be one with the heart's demand. We need to be convinced that it is God that you want and nothing else. Now, you might say, well, I'm working in, in my 
daily life and I need to, you know, earn my living, etc. Of course, you do. All of those things that you need to do are part of the activities you are doing. But what is highest in your mind? What is the highest thought in your mind? That is, that should be God. If you are really looking for God, that should be, your goal is, should be God and nothing else. Uh, as the highest goal. And, and so other material aspects still come lower than that highest goal. So when you have that sync between head and heart, Yoganji mentions, be thoroughly convinced that he has listened to you. Then go about your duties, seeking not to know whether God will grant you a demand. It doesn't matter he, whether he grants now or later. Go, go ahead with that strong conviction because God is going to test you whether you really are there, whether you deserve that. But remember, you know, Yoganji says, feel that just behind the screen of your devotional demands, God stands listening to the silent words of your soul. Feel this. He's, he knows every thought of the devotee. He knows everything that's going on with the devotee. So that's a key aspect as well, to love God without expectation, but understand that God is listening all the time. Don't think he is not. Then there is an expectation that we get. We expect God to amuse us with his powers and miracles. Sometimes we want to, we want cities, we want powers ourselves, uh, you know, to do things as well. In fact, Yoganji mentions that many cities or powers came to him and he just gave it back to God. And he would use them only when God said to use them for helping somebody else. He never used it for his own. There is the uh, uh, interesting story that uh, uh, Yoganji mentions of uh, a mystic, a great uh, mystic called Madhusudam, who met a, a Goraknath, the saint of Gorakhpur. Um, Gorakhnath, by the way, uh, this, this saint had what is called Ashtasiddhis, eight um, powers, if you will. He had uh, ability to uh, become very small, it's called Anima. He had the ability to become very big, Mahima, it's called Mahima. He had the ability to become very light, Lagima, even a, you know, he could even float in the uh, in the air with that kind of lightness, like a leaf. Or he had the ability to become very, uh, very heavy, called Garima. So then the other four are, he could, you know, get whatever he wanted. Um, you know, it's called prakamya, and he could go wherever he wanted. It's called Prapti. And also he had Ishitva, that is, he had the um, supremacy or control over nature. And Vashitva, where he could, you know, basically, if the nature was not uh, up to his liking, he could control the nature as well. So he had 
both the uh, supremacy over the nature as well as how to control the nature. These are the eight cities that we already had. Now, it was Gorknath's uh, towards the end of his life, so he wanted to pass this, these cities to somebody else. And he was looking for the appropriate person to pass it on. And he found through his vision that he found that there is this uh, great uh, meditator, Madhusudan, at the banks of the river Ganga. So Goraknath decided that he is the appropriate person. He, by his you know, power that he could go anywhere, he went to Madhusudan right away. Madhusudan was meditating. And uh, um, when once he finished meditation, he saw Goraknath and he said, how can I help you? So Goraknath said, look, I have this jewel called, you know, called Chintamani. He said, I have this jewel and it has the Ashta Siddhis, you know, those powers are within this jewel. And I want to give it to you because I think you are the right person to have this. Um, Mother Susan said, okay, so fine, you can give it to me. So <laughs> Goraknath gave the, uh, the jewel to Madhusudan, and the moment he gave it, Madhusudan took the jewel and flung far into Ganga. He threw it away. Goraknath was so surprised and kind of taken aback. He said, why did you do that? Madhusudan said, you want me to use those powers, right? That's what you want me to do. I have something even better. I have God himself. Why do I need these, these powers? I have no need for this. You're still in delusion. You have acquired all these powers, but you still are deluded. You're not seeking God, the ultimate, rather than you know, using these powers. This kind of opened Goraknath's eyes and he fell to Madhusudan's feet and said, you truly opened my eyes. Thank you so much. And he basically you know, said, I will go beyond these powers to uh, realize. Now that given, he had already given up all the powers, you know, and was thrown into Ganga, he was now able to go beyond that and reach, um, you know, the ultimate state of God realization. So, so as Sage Patanjali mentions um, in that, in the third uh, chapter of uh, Patanjali Yoga Sutras, there are many powers that you can achieve but make sure the ultimate is to reach God. That's not your goal. So we need to live in this unchanging reality by silently communicating with God. And when you are still in meditation, God will answer through you. So to getting into the three states of the mind as you start meditating, in a broad sense, um, there are other, you can say, in you know, uh, other intermediate states. But just to give the broad states of the mind, the first aspect that we generally are in is the prabuddha mind, which is the active mind. This is where our individuality is active, and we are performing various actions in the lower centers. Then we start to meditate and we quiet the mind and start to 
get united with the divinity. And that is called Sanlina Manasa. Gurudev used to say, Sanlina Manasa Nirvishayamana. Your mind is being united with divinity. There's still a subtle difference. There's still a distinction. There's still a duality. You're still not completely merged yet. But you're able to perceive God in form at the, in this particular state. So this is called the Ishvara state or Sthitadi state, where the mind has been quietened enough and you're united with divinity enough to perceive that divinity. Still seeing that divinity as separate from you still at this point. Then you go into the pralina manasa, or the mind being completely dissolved in divinity. There is not a distinction anymore in this state. There's total, total merger. And this is the Brahman state, or the essentially the state of nirguna Brahman, or um, formless state in the fontanelle, and that is the true samadhi state. So let's practice to go into the sanlina state and then progress into the pralina state. There are many, many intermediate states in between, but getting to that ultimate state of pralina mind, where the mind is completely dissolved in divinity. So before we begin our meditation, let me say a couple of prayers from Whispers from Eternity, which is uh, a beautiful book that Yoganji has written. O oh God, naughty or good we are, thy children. Help us to find thy, thy will in us. Teach us to use independently the human will. In tune with thy wisdom guided will. Teach us to use our will guided by wisdom. Give us our daily bread, food, health, and prosperity for the body, efficiency of the mind, and above all, thy wisdom and thy love for our souls. Thank you. Let us practice some meditation. Please sit straight wherever you are. Back is comfortably straight. Concentrate. Three inches inside the mid midpoint of eyebrows. Calmly watching there, observing each inhalation and each exhalation. Slowly, slowly quieting the mind. Now take a deep inhalation. 
slowly bow down as far as you can comfortably. If you are sitting on a chair, spread your legs apart so you can bend more deeply. Still concentrating within, remembering God. Can take a slow, long, deep inhalation, lungs full inhalation, hold, slowly sit up. Exhale. Normal conscious breath, still watching that breath. Again, take a slow, long, deep inhalation. Holding the breath, slowly bow down, exhale. You're going down to the guard, within guard all around you. Guard is everywhere. Going down with your complete sense of surrendering, surrendering your ego. Still watching the breath. Concentrating within. Again, take a slow, long, deep inhalation. Holding the breaths slowly. Sit up. Exhale. Normal conscious breath. Conscious of that breath flowing in and out. We'll take some deep inhalations, exhalations as you're sitting up. Take a slow, long, deep inhalation. Inhale, peace. Exhale, love. Inhale, love. Exhale, peace. Inhale, peace. Exhale, love. Inhale, love. 
Exhale. Peace. Inhale. Peace. Exhale. Inhale, love. Exhale, peace. Normal, conscious breath. No more attention on the breath. Going deep within, calmly concentrating, three inches inside the midpoint of eyebrows. Slowly, slowly. Merging the mind into the divinity within. At least quieting the mind. Ignoring all thoughts. Calmly meditate.
calmly come back. Watch the state of mind within. Is it calm? Is it peaceful? Do you perceive any bliss? This is a simple Kriya, simple meditation technique, not Kriya technique. But those of you who are not yet initiated, try to practice it more, little longer. I'll conclude today's talk with a prayer. Sarve bhavantu sukhinaha, sarve santu niramaya, sarve bhadrani pashyantu, makashitukha bhagbhavet, om shanti, shanti, shanti. Let everyone be happy, healthy, peaceful, calm, and blissful. Let everyone reach that ultimate state of realization, that state of auspiciousness. Let no one be afflicted by difficulties and sorrows. Let there be peace within us. Let there be peace in our surroundings. Let there be peace in the entire universe. Jaikur, Jaikur, Jaikur. Thank you all. Thank you for joining this discourse. If you have any questions, comments, please send it to me. Truly really appreciate your participation. Jaikur.